What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TFA fam, it is championship week, which means if you're watching this, you made it. Congratulations. Or maybe you just love us. You want to see our faces. You want to hear our sultry voices. Either way, we appreciate you. We don't want to waste any more of your time. So let's just dive right into our top 24 running backs for championship week. They are as follows. We have Christian McCaffrey at the top, followed by Kyron Williams, Rashad White, Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, James Cook, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, B. John Robinson, Kenneth Walker, and Travis Etienne rounding out our top 12. Kev, RB1s, who the folks need to know about in week 17? Yeah, I think let's, let's start off with Jameer Gibbs against Dallas. He continues to play at a really high level. He has now posted top five scores in each of his last two weeks. He is also the RB8 or since week 13 in fantasy points per game. He's averaging about 76.5 rushing yards per game and about at a 6.8 yards per carry average. He's also second explosive run rate, first in yards after contact per attempt. This is definitely a solid spot for Gibbs, who will be playing at the highest total game on the slate with a 53.5 point total Gibbs has been the preferred option in the game scripts like this. Uh, you know, if you look at Dallas since week 13, they've allowed the eighth most rushing yards and five touchdowns. They've also posted the third lowest stuff rate and 11th highest yards after contact per attempt. So this game looks to be an absolute shootout, and I think this spells really good things for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, next up, you know, we, we have we have James Cook at RB7. I'll be honest with you, I have him as a, a, a middling RB2. I'm not really all excited about him this week, but uh, I get it. After pro- producing four straight RB1 weeks, the good times ended last week. It's the Chargers scoring five PPR points. He will look to get things back on track against a really tough matchup against the Patriots. The Patriots have been downright dominant lately against the run, allowing only 59.3 rushing yards per game and two touchdowns uh, over that span. They've also allowed the sixth lowest explosive run rate and the fourth highest stuff rate. Uh, where they have been vulnerable, though, is in the passing game against pass-catching running backs. They've allowed the sixth most receptions, the seventh most receiving yards, and the ninth most receiving touchdowns. If Cook is going to get there, he's going to have to get there through the air because I don't think he does it on the ground. DeAndre Swift. Had a really solid bounce-back performance against the Giants. He rushed 20 times for 92 yards and scored a touchdown. The concerning part was, though, he didn't see a single target. 
He has been uh, he has he has seen one or fewer targets in three of his last five games. He's going to be volatile as to seeing touchdown or bust, but the matchup is there for him uh, if he can find the end zone. The Cardinals over the last four games have allowed 174.7 rushing yards per game and have allowed nearly a touchdown per game as well over their last four. They've also allowed the third highest explosive run rate, 23rd in stuff rate, and the second highest yards after contact per attempt. This is an absolute smash spot this week. Just hope he can find the end zone if he's not going to be utilized in the passing game. I also wanted to mention Josh Jacobs. This is going to be a situation we're going to have to monitor this week. He now missed back-to-back weeks with a quad injury. If Jacobs plays, he's a solid RB1 against a Colts defense that has allowed the third most PPR points to the position. If Jacobs does miss again, though, Zamir White is an easy plug-and-play option here with the same type of outlook you know, against the Colts. So lastly, let's talk about Travis Etienne versus Carolina. While Travis Etienne started off red hot, finishing as an RB1 in six of the first eight weeks of the season, he only has one RB1 week over, uh, over the last seven weeks and only three inside the top 24. Some of it's volume-based. He saw a three-week Span playing uh, below 60% of the snaps. However, the last three weeks, we have seen him jump back up to a 70% opportunity share. He is now averaging 12.9 PPR points per game, which is RB19 over his last four. One big problem has been the poor play of his offensive line, as he has been stuffed on 58.5% of his carries, which ranks the sixth highest rate in the league. He also sees a .95 yards before contact, which ranks 40th among 51 qualifying running backs. This will largely depend on the health of Trevor Lawrence as well. Uh, Carolina does rank 15th in rushing yards per game and five touchdowns allowed over the last four games. However, they do boast the sixth highest stuff rate and the eighth lowest explosive run rate over that span. ETN is still someone you're starting this week, but don't, I don't have extremely high expectations in this matchup against the Panthers. Yeah, I really don't have a, a ton to add here. There just weren't a, a lot of RB1s that I'm super excited about. I think I do think there are some interesting options here further on down the list. So let's go ahead and dive right into those, starting off with RB13. That is Tony Pollard, followed by Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Raheem Mostert, Ty Chandler, Austin Eckler, James Conner, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Brees Hall, and Chuba Hubbard rounding out our top 24. Kev, same deal. Who do the folks need to know about in this RB2 range? First off, it's Tony Pollard, the guy who you mentioned at the top of this list. Uh, Tony Pollard is RB25 over his last four games, fantasy points per game. However, he does rank 11th in expected fantasy points due to the volume that he sees. There's absolutely no denying he has been an absolute disappointment uh, considering he was drafted as a second-round pick. The explosiveness is gone. He's basically living off volume. He continues to play 70% of the snaps, and it, with an inconsistent target share, doesn't help either. And now you get a Lions matchup. That, the Lions have allowed the ninth-fewest rushing yards and the third-highest stuff rate over their last four games. One area of weakness has been their their league-high 6.7% touchdown rate uh, over that span. So uh, you definitely get there, you know, in terms of touchdowns, but other than that, this isn't a great matchup for Pollard. But you likely don't have another option that you're gonna that's gonna see the type of volume that he sees. It's just been a frustrating year for Pollard. I don't know if some of this is the injury related stuff that the injury that he suffered in the playoffs last year that's kind of zapped some of his explosiveness. But it's just been frustrating with him this year. Raheem Mostert versus Baltimore. He has scored a touchdown in every game this year with three, with six of those being multi touchdown games. But though this week the Dolphins take on a Ravens defense that that has only allowed four rushing touchdowns all season. Only the Falcons have have allowed less. The Ravens are currently three-and-a-half-point home favorites. This is not set up well for Raheem Mostert as he's pretty touchdown dependent. He only sees a 6.8% target share and 30-second round participation. So I don't love this matchup for Raheem Mostert at all, but I still think he's kind of a middling RB2. Next up is James Conner. Conner has quietly been the RB3 over the last four games averaging almost 21 PPR points per game. 
He's averaging 78.7 rushing yards and one touchdown per game. He also ranks third in missed tackles force per attempt and fourth in yards after contact per attempt. Nobody's talking about James Conner. I guess it's because he plays for the Cardinals. But he has been phenomenal over the last month since coming back from injury. And now this week they get a matchup against the the Eagles uh, over the last four weeks that have allowed 122.5 rushing yards per game and five touchdowns. Their 36.1% stuff rate is the second lowest rate in the league. While the Cardinals are 10-point road underdogs, Connor's still a uh, work, uh, strong workload, still makes him a really strong RB2 play this week. Ty Chandler versus the Packers. He wasn't nearly as effective against the Lions, only producing 7.7 fantasy points per game. However, the Lions have been pretty stout against the run all year, and the Vikings trailed most of the game, which set up for a pretty poor game script for Chandler. This week, though, they take on a Packers defense that has the ninth most PPR points in position. So this is a pretty strong bounce-back spot for Ty Chandler. Austin Eckler, Eckler had a decent game this past week, rushing 15 times for 65 yards. He also hauled in three or four targets. Uh, he still only has one touchdown since week 10, but he does get a really solid matchup against the Broncos. Last time these teams faced off, Eckler rushed 10 times for 51 yards and hauled in five of seven for 49 yards. And this was the uh, one game he did score a touchdown for 21 PPR points. Eckler has been mostly bad uh, the last few months, but this is one of the best matchups for opposing running backs. And the Broncos have allowed the second most PPR points to position. So Austin Eckler, I think, is in a really strong spot. So while we are a little bit lower on him just because of the overall uh, team that this is, I still think Austin Eckler is a pretty strong RB2 play this week. Uh, and then lastly, Brees Hall. Brees Hall single-handedly put people on his back and carried them to the fantasy championship this past week with a ridiculous 43 PPR points. He finished with 20 carries for 95 yards and hauled in 12 of 16 fucking targets for 96 <laughs> receiving yards and two touchdowns. Now I think he's going to fall back to earth a little bit this week against the Browns. The Browns have allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards per game and have a league-high 58% stuff rate. This is not the same matchup as last week. But if he sees another solid target share, he should be able to finish as, a, as an RB2 this week to close out. The- so, Kev, let's jump down to some of the names that are not on our top 24. Two of those names are 100% my fault. I will I will throw in. The only other name I want to add to the mix here is going to be Devon Achan. I thought we were going to see a little bit more of him than what we did last week. But I do think this sets up to be a little bit more of a friendly game for Achan. Considering uh, Raheem Mostert gonna you know potentially be banged up, we saw him leave that last game. Ended up coming back in, but he's obviously been on the injury report for what feels like the the majority of the year. And then with Jalen Waddle being out, maybe we see Achan use more you know kind of going outside because if they're gonna try and run into the teeth of this Baltimore defense, I do not think that is going to work out uh, too well for the Dolphins. So I do like Achan here. Tough to trust. You might not want to throw him in your your championship round, but I do think Achan is in line for a bounce back spot. But just wanted to throw him out there. Kev, who else do you have beyond the top twenty four? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start off with Clyde Edwards Lair against Cincinnati. Now we don't know for sure if he's going to be a starter, and I think that's fair to you know maybe not rank him as high as you would because we don't know what's going to happen with Isaiah Pacheco if he's going to be able to clear concussion protocol. We've actually started to see a lot more players weird that we start getting close to the the playoffs that some of these teams that really need to get in, all of a sudden these players are yep. clearing at a much faster rate. So we'll have to see what happens with Pacheco, if he's able if he's able to come back or not. But if he doesn't, then CH does make for a really strong option. I, I currently have him ranked as a top 10 option. Cody doesn't. Uh, he actually has Pacheco higher. But like I said, I mean, it, it could go either way with this situation. It really could be CH. It could also be Pacheco. So I think it's fair to not really to maybe rank Pacheco normally. But either way, either whoever it is, is going to be a top 10 running back this week in my mind because this is a really good, uh, this is a really good spot. 
And we also have to mention Jarek McKinnon has already been ruled out. He's on he's on IR, so we don't have to worry about that. But right now it's CEH and Michael P. Ryan as the only two healthy running backs they have. They have Daenerys Prince as well, who's on the practice squad that they can bring up. But we're not worried about really. I'm not even really worried about Michael P. Ryan either at this point. But uh, the last time that Pacheco missed, CEH handled 61% of the snaps and 65% of the rush attempts in Week 15. But uh, that was also with McKinnon, who's, who was playing, and now he's not playing. So this is a very good matchup against a Bengals defense that has suffered multiple injuries on this defense. Uh, so CEH, to me, is a very solid RB1 option this week if he gets the start. If it's Pacheco, same thing applies. It doesn't really matter. Very good option. Very good uh, play this week, whoever it is, whether it's Pacheco, whether it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, then uh, also, Javante Williams continues to uh, really entirely just, uh, dependent on game script. Uh, he was able to find the end zone last week against the Patriots. This week, the Broncos get another matchup against the Chargers. But I will say the last time the UC team played a few weeks ago, he did score 18 PPR points, He was, uh, which was his third RB1 week of the season. Javante, Javante remains a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 this week, uh, mainly because this is kind of a three-way workhorse committee, uh, but I do think this is a good spot for him. I don't expect the the, Bron- or the Broncos to really struggle a lot with the Chargers. So as long as they play from ahead, I think this is a great game script for Javante and what's a really good matchup against the Chargers. So Javante Williams, I think, is also a pretty strong RB2 play this week. Devin Singletary has been the workhorse the last month of the season. While he has been an RB2 or better in five of his last seven games, this is a tougher matchup against the Titans. I do think he's still in play as a flex option. It's the last time these two teams played, he did score 21 PPR points. But just keep in mind, the Titans have allowed the 12th fewest PPR points. We have seen something like this earlier. Zach Moss, if you remember, earlier in the season, had a great day against this Titans defense. It's supposed to be really good. The second time they played, he got absolutely struck down. So I'm not sitting here thinking that Devon, or Devin Singletary is a smash play with volume. If everything else he's seeing, I still think it sets up to be at least a decent RB3 play this week. Uh, Pittsburgh running backs, whether it's Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, uh, they continue to split touches. Both running backs are viable options this week. And the Seahawks have allowed the third most touchdowns and the fifth most PPR points to position. So I do really like both of the Pittsburgh running backs here in this matchup. Uh, so I think you can definitely look at both of those guys. But other than that, you know, you have the Bears situation with their both of their running backs. But I will say the Falcons are not the team that you want to play running backs against. They have only allowed one touchdown all year to opposing running backs. So that kind of limits both of their upside. So I don't really love playing Khalil Herbert or really Roshan Johnson this week uh, at all against the Falcons. I'll just throw one more name in, uh, Kev, for everything you said about DeAndre Swift. Kenny Gainwell has been the one getting uh, getting some run behind him as well. Has a little bit of standalone value. Had almost 80 total yards on just nine touches last week. And if this is a game where we see them controlling it, we could see Kenny Gainwell have some added run as well. So I think, you know, if you're in uh, desperate need, if you need to throw a, you know, a dart throw type of play, you could look at Kenny Gainwell. But with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Good luck to everyone in the championship round. We're going to be going live on Wednesday night to answer all of your start sick questions. They'll be live again on Sunday morning to get you guys ready for your championships. Any other questions, you can drop them in the comments below or jump into our Discord that is absolutely free. Good luck this weekend, and we'll talk to you all soon. When you need- 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.